Hello, lovely single mums, and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be talking about simple strategies for a low conflict separation. My name is Lucy Good, and I'm the founder of Beanstalk Single Mums. We're an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. We offer a blog that covers everything for your single mother journey, a light-hearted Facebook group called The Single Mum Vine, where we focus on the good parts of single motherhood. There's my You've Got This Single Mum e-course um, on the website, as well as exclusive single mum discounts and giveaways. And it can all be found at beanstalkmums.com. But here and now for this podcast about keeping the peace during your separation, which is something that we all want to do, I am chatting to Lizanne Eriks from Life Mediation. Um, Now, before I let Lizanne, or I'm going to call her Liz from now on, which I'm allowed to do. Um, So before I have Liz come on and chat to us, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. She's an award-winning mediator and coach and the the owner of Life Mediation, which is in Perth. Um, She's been a mediator for over 12 years and specializes in family mediation, which is what makes her the perfect guest for this podcast. And she's bloody good at what she does. And she's been selected as a finalist for Australian Mediator of the Year in 2019, 2020, and 2021, as well as being awarded Family Dispute Resolution Practitioner of the Year in 2020. So it was a good year for some. Uh, Liz is also a mom. She's got two boys who are 11 and eight, um, and she loves working with separated families as a mediator and coach. Preventing entrenched conflict between parents is so satisfying to Liz because she knows as we know too, that kids are able to thrive when conflict gets resolved. Liz, welcome to the Beanstalk podcast. Thank you for having me, Lucy. You make me sound so good. (laughs) You are, you are. Perfect for this podcast. Now, okay, we're just going to have, I'm going to have to say, did I get the pronunciation of your name right? Yeah, you you did. I mean, I always say I'm Dutch from origin. So I normally say to people, it's a bit like lasagna, but then different. So Lizana, um, so I think you've got it, you've got it pretty well, but Liz is probably easier just to make sure we don't yeah. get too caught up in it. I'd rather do Liz rather than offend you and get it wrong. Um, but <laughs> t- tell me, you must be crazy busy at the moment. There are a lot of couples who are struggling at this time, aren't there? Yeah, it has been very busy and COVID um, hasn't helped uh, relationships. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people have been locked up together or, um, you know, what they're not used to and, and also the stresses, you know, financial stresses and other stresses. Everyone has a story, I guess, around um, what happened to them in COVID. So I, I definitely um, yeah, am very busy. Also, the courts have lots more delays than they normally have. So it, it's been a really, really busy time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're over in Perth. So how is it over there? I mean, I, I do feel like um, you're such a long way away that you haven't really been affected too much, very luckily, by COVID. I mean, I'm certainly not complaining because I'm on the Sunshine Coast and we've been very lucky as well. But is, it, is COVID something that is affecting your everyday life over there? Well, no, we have been very lucky. We had a couple of short, well, I think five or four, I'm not even sure, uh, lockdowns, but normally like the three-day ones and things Mm. like that. So in general, everything is pretty uh, normal here beside obviously the the hard borders that we're all experiencing. So we can't go and see family overseas or over east or anything like that. But, you know, again, 
uh, luckily the state's pretty big. So, um, you know, in school holidays and things like that, you do have to book about two years in advance now because no one can go anywhere. So everyone's, <laughs> and you probably run into the entire school population when you <laughs> are in, 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 in a spot. But, but it's, you know, overall, I, I think we, we really cannot complain over here at all. We are a long way away from everyone. And in this case, that has been kind of a benefit, I guess. Yeah. And you, you work with clients all over Australia anyway, don't you? And you'll tell us a little bit more about what you do in terms of your uh, mediation offering. But I think so much, so many people are so used to doing everything online now, aren't they? So that's really mm. helpful with a business such as yours, where you want to really be able to reach out and help as many people as possible. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I always used to do online already, but obviously it ex- expanded a lot and people have been much um, are much more open to it. Yes. Some people really always thought face-to-face is a, is, is a must. And, and sometimes it is really nice to be face-to-face and it has benefits, but also um, uh, online can also have benefits, particularly when there's violence involved and things like that. So it actually can be a really safe way to, to do mediation. Plus with my coaching, I can do it Australia-wide and I train a lot of mediators as well. I I'm, I'm train a lot of people to become mediators and that's an Australia-wide operation anyway. And and, and to be perfectly honest, I prefer not to fly everywhere all the time and be around my own family and just walk upstairs and, mm. and see everyone. It, 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 so in a sense, um, it's been, it's been, that's been really great. And it is really great to be able to surface everyone from their own house and, um, and be able to do that. So we're lucky we have all this technology for sure. Mm, yes. And to think we used to all complain about it, didn't we? Oh God, you know, everyone's always online, but it's really saved us. Um, look, you've got some really great strategies for us today and we are going to um, go into them. You're going to give us four of your top ones about trying to have this peaceful separation, which is really what everybody really wants, but some people feel it's just not possible. Um, but before mm. we head into those strategies, um, can you just talk us through why it's so incredibly important to aim for a low conflict separation? And I'm not talking about the obvious things, um, more about the benefits that we may not have thought of. Well, I think a lot of people don't realise how um, exhausting conflict is. So um, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I think if often I ask my clients, though, what would your life be like if you wouldn't have this conflict in it? And some people can't even imagine it. They're like, well, what do you mean? Like, is, you know, is that possible? But when they actually imagine it, it's, it costs the amount of headspace, the amount of energy, the amount of anxiety. Like every time when you open an email or you see a text message or you have to do a handover or you know what I mean? Like it is exhausting. Um, so when you resolve conflict or at least make it workable on, on a you know different level, there's just less stress, less anxiety, you're just more happy, uh, better mental health, you'll have more money. And, and for the kids, it is just really, really hard. I mean, you know, a lot of parents when they separate feel really guilty about their separation. And I always say to everyone, listen, separation is fine. I think sometimes it's for some families, it's even better when they separate, um, but it has to be managed well. If it's not manage well and there's high conflict, that's when trauma starts to come in for kids and for the parents themselves as well. So when you can have a low conflict separation, your kids can just have the same opportunity as anyone else. Um, Life is just much easier. Like separation is often not a great thing to go through for people with their lives upside down. It is hard. But I see people really go one or two ways. I mean, of course, there's you know always different circumstances, but just to generalize it a little bit, um, it's you know, people have a really tough time, but they work through it. And then afterwards, things calm down and life falls into place and you know, everyone's okay. Um, but the other side of it is that I see a lot as well, because I do a lot of later in- intervention as well with people, is when 
it just goes wrong from, you know, often in the first six months to a year, and then it just gets worse and worse over time. And the conflict gets in, keeps increasing. There's lawyers involved, there's costs involved, there's courts involved, nothing can get resolved anymore. And it just gets worse and worse over time. The kids goes to psychologists, like it is just um, horrible. And it's, um, yeah, so for me, that's really what I, I'm really committed to, to not have people go down that path. Yeah, because there's always going to be some conflict at the beginning. It's just it can go two ways, as you've explained. And of course, one of the most important things is the effect that it has on our kids at the time of the conflict happening and then moving into the future. And something that I often recommend to people when they're arguing about anything really to do with the separation is always to bring it back to the kids. You know, what, you know, mm. because really when it comes down to it, if there's one thing that you are going to agree on is that you both want the best for your kids. So maybe it's just sort of hanging on to that one thing that you can agree on and taking away what your own needs are and your own feelings and all those complications. What is going to be best for the kids and bring it back to that simple, simple thing, um, which is incredibly difficult. Yeah, and no, I'm, I sure, agree. <laughs> I'm sure that you and your professional well, can capacity can do that. Yes. <laughs> Well, and I think people forget that, but it's really great what you say, Lucy, because I work with clients on that all the time because people forget that they're on the same team. Mm, and I think yes. when you keep remembering going, oh my gosh, we actually want the same thing, but sometimes we have a different idea. You're always going to have conflict because nothing wrong with conflict. I have conflict with people in my life. As long as you have a way of working through it and the more you do it, the more you get used to working through it and the more you trust you can work through it. So it doesn't become so stressful. Um, and yeah, and it keep, and, and I and, and keep bringing you back to, okay, what do we really care about? And that's the kids and how can we make it work for them for sure? Yeah, and that can be a really good good point to to get you moving on the right path. And I liked what you said as well about, I mean, it really is a journey as well, isn't it? And sometimes to the people listening who are in high conflict with their exes at the moment, it doesn't necessarily have to stay that way. I know some people would really love to be able to co-parent, but at the moment they're parallel parenting. That doesn't mean you're mm. never going to be able to co-parent, you know, work on it. And in time, things do change. Everything in life is transient. So just keep going and, and don't feel down that it's not working now. It never will, because I think with the right support um, and we, you know, with, with, with some hope and some understanding and a little bit of give from both sides and situations can change. Um, often, um, you know, people are co-parenting for quite a few years or shared parenting for quite a few years. So there is plenty of time to work on it um, and change the way you work together. Well, plus parallel parenting doesn't have to be bad either. If you parallel parenting can be done in a low conflict way and then the kids are still not tremendously badly impacted. It's a bit like a business relationship, but if there's no, the conflict is what impacts kids. Yeah. So I think if you, if you feel disheartened about parallel parenting, don't be, um, as long as it's, you know, without all the conflict, it, it, it's, it's, that can be completely satisfactory. Yeah, so we're just trying to get rid of that conflict. And that's our mission today on this chat. So you're going to give us uh, your four top strategies um, to alleviate or at least lessen the conflict. So can you tell us your first one? Well, I think one of the things is when you just separate is uh, to realise that you're often in a different um, stage of grief. So grief has seven stages and you can look that up. I won't go totally into it today. 
Um, but often you know, one person has already decided throughout the relationship that they're going to leave or they have grieved in the relationship for sometimes a couple of years even. And then the other person um, just got the message, even though like one person is like, well, we talked about this. How can you not have seen it? This is what I see a lot. And more often than not, the female is actually the one that um, statistically that has already thought about it for a longer period of time. Not always, of course. Um, but then what you get is a situation that one person is completely surprised and really at the beginning of grief and the other person is really far ahead. So they're like, all right, let's go. Let's get this organized. Let's get going with the separation. Let's get the finances sorted. Let's get the kids sorted. I'm moving out. And the other person's like, whoa, what's yeah. happened to me? Like, give me a moment. And that often creates a lot of miscommunication. So one person says, well, you are just cold and you didn't care about the relationship and da, 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 da. And the other person's like, well, are you stalling and you're not cooperating? And that's where I see a lot of conflict happening. And when you get an understanding of, okay, where are we both at? And what I often do with clients is, you know, I slow one client down and I speed one client up a bit, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And to get an understanding and be really mindful in your communication um, about how you you talk to each other about the separation and be have a bit of empathy for each other. It's 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 difficult for the both of you because it doesn't mean that if you're the one leaving that it's not hard. I actually just had a um, a friend who separated and and you know she left and you know her husband just moved out on the weekend. She said I'm really sad. You know it doesn't mean that you're not struggling if you're the one that has left. Um, so but but it, I think it really makes a difference when you can say to someone okay I give the other person a little bit more space so they can get the things together and get the head around it but also for the other person to understand that the other person wants to move on and, and get closure and things like that. So that will really help with not getting really heightened conflict because I see a lot of conflict um, happening because of that. That is just such a brilliant point and one that I had never thought of that I will mention to people where they're, when they are having problems. Would you even suggest to go as far as to talk to your ex about it and say look the thing is I you know perhaps I've been thinking you know, it was funny where you said it's often the woman who's already thought about it of course we think things through don't we until they drive us crazy yeah. um <laughs> and the men are generally not always yeah. like oh my god what's happening I didn't realize our relationship was falling apart um yeah, yeah. <laughs> not always that way but it, would you suggest you know sometimes it could even by opening up that conversation with your ex and just saying for example hey look you know I understand that this is a little bit of a, a shock for you but it's something that's you know I've been thinking about for a long time and um, you know if you could just appreciate that's where I am at I will try harder mm. to, to help you and, and I suppose that could even open up a, a conversation which is is, is um, showing that you're both trying to do the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it shows empathy and it shows that you want to work with each other and, and, and ask each other, say, so what do you need at the moment to make this work right now? You know what I mean? Like we are in a situation and, and because a lot, oftentimes people go into the blaming kind of conversation, it's your fault or because of this or that. And I would kind of stay away from that. People feel the way they feel and say, well, this is now where we're at. So, you know, where are you at? What is it that you need from me to, to I guess, you know, support each other in one way or another? You, you're not supporting each other anymore as a couple. You, know, you used to maybe talk about everything. So maybe you don't want to do all of that. They need to, everyone needs to find their own support people as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great conversation to have. And I think it creates a lot of understanding. And when you have understanding, it doesn't mean you necessarily agree with everything, but yes. it will really help not having um so much conflict and, and humanize it you're both human you both make mistakes you both 
do some of nice things that don't work. So if you do something that you go, oh my God, that was not very smart, but I felt a bit emotional and uh, just go and say, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I was just in an emotional state. I shouldn't have done that. You know, it won't happen again. And then you can, if you're both willing to do those kind of things, it will make a huge difference. Mm. Sometimes it's just that one conversation, isn't it? That you have that's, that changes the path of everything. Um, just that one yeah, conversation to say, look, I understand. Um, I'm going to try and do this if you could try and understand me and then you're off on a different path and a more peaceful one. So yeah, that's a great, a really great point that you've made there. Okay. Next strategy, strategy number two. Well, one of the things I see is people get really fearful after separation for very understandably because your life's upside down. And most people are really uh, concerned about their finances moving forward. And again, a lot of the time also females, I'm generalizing here. So again, not always, but you know, particularly if they haven't been the main income earner and like what's going to happen to me, how is this all going to work? Right. Um, and, and the kids. So, and that's often more the male, again, I'm generalizing, but saying, well, when am I going to see the kids? Like what's happening? So people get really anxious because they're, and I see people do really sometimes irrational, um, or someone is in their ear saying, oh my God, you know, be careful of this because this happened in my separation and this has happened to me. And so people start doing things that will increase the conflict or inflame the situation tremendously. So, um, you know, people take money out of bank accounts or start withholding the children or whatever it might be. Because And and when I speak to people and I really get down to it, it's often they say, listen, I didn't really want to do that, but I didn't know what to do else because I feel so fearful. So to avoid that, I say to everyone, get some interim agreements in place. There are some legalities around it. So always get legal advice before you do any of this, but you just want to get an idea of what everyone's doing. It's great for the kids because they know, okay, um, if one of you is moving out, then the kids know, okay, this is when I see mom, this is when I see dad for the short term. So you don't have to make agreements for the next two years. You can say, well, this is for the next four weeks or the next two months or whatever you guys want to do, right? Um, and they know, okay, well, we're moving out, but we don't have to be anxious about when we see mom, when we see dad. And it helps the, the both uh, parents as well to know, okay, this is what we're doing for now. And the same with the finances, you'll have a lot to sort out and it can be so overwhelming. And you cannot do these things in about two minutes you have to do it properly but then people are like well who's paying the bills who's paying the mortgage what's happening with this i'm drowning i don't know right so you can you can make interim agreements about that as well so you say for the next three months we are i'm just making this up of course lucy but you know um, i'll pay the mortgage you still pay the groceries we still use the joint account um, and then in the meantime we're going to get you know, everything valued and do all the things you need to do for your financial separation so also everyone can calm down everyone can have a bit of space because if you don't have any agreements in place, and this is the other thing why conflict spikes is, um, you know, people get anxious and they have to negotiate every five minutes. You have to call every day and like, I don't have money in the bank account. What are you doing? What's happening with this? When am I going to see the kids? And then you're both in a heightened state of emotion and very emotional already. And then you have to be in contact about these kind of difficult things all the time. And it's just, it's a recipe for disaster, really. So if you get this, sorry, Lucy, yeah. I was just going to say with the interim agreements, would you just say they're just a, an agreement such as a, um, and a parenting agreement, just something between you and your ex, or is it yep. something that you do need to get signed off by a court? Because that would be a longer process. I always get a bit confused as to what a good interim hmm. um, a, um, agreement would be. Well, you can do just a parenting plan. It does depend on how much you trust each other. So again, I, I you know, 
disclaimer, talk to a lawyer if you're not sure, but um, you definitely, you can do a parenting plan just between you both. You don't have to lodge mm. this with court, right? Um, and then when you, because also most of the time you need to get used to what works. And I really like it when my clients come to me, we say they put interim agreements in place and then they come back later to go, did that work or not? Are the kids coping? Are yes. you coping? Am I coping? And then, so by the time you lodge consent orders with the court, then it is something a bit more long-term that you both know is going to work. I mean, there are people that don't trust each other a lot and they do want orders and that changes this conversation uh, a bit. Mm -hmm. But in general, you can make agreements between yourself to say, listen, let's just do this for a little while. And with the finances, um, and, and even if it's not a court order, if you want to create goodwill with each other, go and follow the agreements that you just made, right? I mean, if you're not going to do that, conflict. If you want conflict, then make promises and don't follow through with them. That is definitely not going yes. to work. Um, but yes, you can do it completely between yourself. And, and I just think, you know, what I see works for people is everyone doesn't have to, you can even make an agreement about how, with communication, we talk about when will you communicate about what and, and how is it text? Is it phone? Is it, what is everyone comfortable with? Because you're also going from being a, um, a couple to being a parenting team. So there's completely new boundaries with communication. And so when you talk about all those things, you don't keep overstepping each other's boundaries. You know what you got in place for the meantime. So you can start doing your homework around the rest and you can just emotionally just give each other a little break and breathe. And then mm -hmm. when you have all these conversations about the future, no, no one is so hyped up. And all these things that I just mentioned like, you know, pulling money out of bank accounts or doing other things that are quite um, aggravating or, or inflammatory, that that's will be avoided. Because often what starts happening as well is people start getting lawyers involved. And some lawyers are great, but some lawyers write really aggressive letters. And then when someone gets that on, the, on their a doormat, mm. they just go, whoa, what's yeah. this? Where are we going with this? And all of a sudden, everything changes. And I have so many clients losing, and it's really sad that also they don't talk anymore. Everything goes through lawyers' letters. So just try to think of how expensive that is. There's Chinese whispers because they, someone talks to the lawyer and then the lawyer talks to the other lawyer and then the other lawyer talks to the other client. So that's why I get people in a room again so they can just have a conversation. Yes. So it goes completely pear-shaped. And sometimes this happens in a matter of weeks. So, um, yeah, so I think if you do something like this and make sure also express to each other what your fears are, and, and just be mindful of it. So, and don't start taking those actions because it, it can just escalate really quickly. And I think that's really important to make sure that people don't feel that anxious um, and, and make agreements. Mm. Great to use them as a test run. I love that idea. And I suppose there might be some people who put together interim um, agreements and then say, hey, that actually worked. Let's just get this. <laughs> what we're doing is working. Yes. Let's get it signed off and uh, get some consent orders put in place. Job done. I suppose that's in one of the best case scenarios that it works like that. Um, if, yeah, you have to go, if you are in a situation where you don't trust your partner or there is a lack of trust between you and you need to get those interim orders approved, can that take a really long time does it take too long to make it really worthwhile i think well it depends a little bit how busy the courts are of course um but i think it, the, the good thing about consent orders is you don't have to go to court you no. you get lawyers to draft it up for you or you do it yourself however you want to go about that and then you lodge them with the court and you have signed them so um i mean with finances it's a bit more complicated so this this is just in relation to kids but um yes. Um, because of the finances you, you know you have to do the, normally the, the final things but it's it's um 
you can definitely put interim agreements in place and, and the court will let you know how long it will take them to look at it. But let's say it's, uh, I don't know, six weeks or something. I, I, again, I'm making this up, um, but it's, it, they, they will have to look at it and then sign off on it. Um, so it will take a little bit longer, but it doesn't mean you can not start doing the agreement. Yeah. Right? You can start doing it. The only thing that you have to be careful of, and again, that, that's something that you need to talk to a lawyer about, is that you just want to make really sure between each other that you're not going to go, well, this is now it forever. Um, and status quo can have an impact. Um, so if you're apprehensive about it, get some advice about it and, and then put them in place. But you can you can legalize it if you want to. It, it will take a little bit longer, but you might say, well, we sign off on it, we lodge it with the court, but we'll start doing the agreement from now on. Mm, great. That was interesting. I really wanted to know that because I didn't really understand how the interim orders could be put in place quick enough for them actually to be worthwhile as interim orders before you start putting the real ones in place. So it's good for me to know that because I can advise people on it as well if I'm asked that question. So, oh, and I think it's good to check with the specific court. So, you know, if you're in Queensland, if you're like call the family court in your, you know, in, in your um, area hmm. and say, what's, what's happening at the moment with that? If I want to do that, how long would it take? And, um, and yeah, and chat to a lawyer because I, I can't give legal advice as a mediator and say, you know, what will be the implications of that if I do that? Yeah. And family courts are very busy at the moment. Just one thing to bear yes. in mind. <laughs> okay. Strategy number three. So I guess um, one of the things is that communication is slow to communication down. And most of the time people get really re reactive. And again, this is where things go wrong. So when people feel threatened, I mean, you probably have heard about flight, fright and freeze, um, Lucy. I'm assuming yeah. most people have heard about this. But basically what happens is your brain doesn't operate very well. So your prefrontal cortex is the front of your uh, front of your head, I guess, it, it, yep. it, it disconnects and you can't actually do rational decision making. And what happens is people get into these text wars or email wars. or So you get a message, you get like really angry and straight away, let's get typing or pick up the phone or whatever it might be. And it just makes things worse. So one of the things that I think is really important is if you have a reaction like that, feel free to type it, feel free to do whatever, or journaling can be really helpful. Get it out of your system, you know, say everything you want to say, like be mad, be angry. There's nothing wrong with being angry. There's nothing wrong with being frustrated, but just don't press send, mm. right? So, because if you're going to press send, most people regret it afterwards and, and normally nothing good comes out of it. So I always think, what's the intention of writing this, right? Would I, if I, would I write something like this to my boss? No. Okay. Then I don't press send because it is inappropriate. Right. So, but it's good to get it out of your system. And what my clients tell me, particularly people I coach around this, they say they gain so much freedom from journaling and then responding the way they want to respond, maybe 24 hours later or wherever, how they do it, because they no longer hooked by the other parent. They no longer get like almost feel controlled by, you know, they, they can make them feel a certain way. Um, but when they do this, they get into control of their own emotions and, and it just decreases conflict because you just calm, you can still say, listen, and you can still set boundaries. It doesn't mean you have to be a doormat because I listen, please don't communicate with me like this. This is my request. I'd like you to do it this way. And in relation to what you talked about, this is what I want to say, or I don't know, I make, again, I'm making it up. Um, but it's, you start responding instead of reacting and, yes. um, and, and it just, it just is much better. And it, and, and, you know, and I always say to my clients, someone has to be the hero as well, right? There is no point in just trying to 
uh, go back to the past, be right about something that happened two mm. years ago in, at the front door or whatever. Just think about the bigger picture and again, go back to what we talked about at the beginning, you know, what's going to work for the kids? Like how, what, what do I want out of this relationship? How do I, you know, how do I want the future to look and keep that in mind when you communicate with each other? So the main one with that is do not hit send. Yes, <laughs> that is right. If that's all you remember, do not hit send. <laughs> on the, um, I saw this meme as well. It said, um, uh, dance like no one is watching, but uh, as write text messages or um, as if they're going to be read out in court one yeah. day or something like that. I yeah, quite like that's that. great. Yeah. That's brilliant. And well, sometimes what I do is, um, you know, I'll, I might type it out and then, you know, look at it the next day and read it back yeah. um, and just see how it feels the next day when I'm in a different headspace. But no, I mean, that's great advice. And what, you know, is there a particular form of communication that you'd recommend for couples looking for low conflict? Um, well, I think, again, it depends a little bit where you're at in your grief and in your communication. I think sometimes in the beginning, less is more just to create that space for a little while. Um, so some people just go, okay, I, I find it too hurtful to see you right now or to, you know, I just, I think you just have to look at yourself of what you can cope with at the, at that time. Um, because it's no point in going, oh, well, let's have a coffee face to face while you know it's not going to go well, right? It is going to make it worse. And it's great to get to that point again, but I don't think you necessarily need to start there. So for some people, it's just in the beginning, just text messages often for logistics, like I'm running late, but not, some people use text message for everything and it gets yeah. a bit silly. It's like there's novels and novels of things. So often people use emails for more, um, you know, uh, long-term things or whatever. I think having a conversation in the end of the day is always great. You want to work towards that again because it's just easier and it's, again, a more humanized, but you've got to be able to do it. So I think it's just gauging where you're at at the moment, what you can cope with, um, and then just put it in place, make an agreement again with each other so you know what's mm. going to work. There's also um, communication apps yes, there for are, parenting yeah. that they can use. So uh, for some people, that is really ha- lovely for logistics and they have tone meters for some people who yes. have abusive yeah. messages with each other to get that done. Um, so there's lots of different ways. I think it's very personal, to be honest. Um, and I think, you again, don't get stuck with it. You know, in the beginning, you might it might be really raw and you just want to have a bit of distance. But then at one point you go, listen, I can do this again. Um, and, you know, we'll, we can talk to each other if there's something with the kids that um, we need to we need to discuss. Or, you know, obviously it would be ideal if you can do medical appointments again together or we'll go to the school together. But for some people that takes a little bit of time. Yeah, it's an ever-changing process, as we mentioned before. So yeah. your last strategy that you've got for us today, please, Liz. Get advice from professional. Everyone is an expert on separation everyone and <laughs> That's um, so and true. i think right so everyone's like you have to do this and you should do this and this has happened to me and this is what my friend got out of the separation and da, 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 right so um people mean well so i'm not saying don't talk to your friends don't talk to family members but be really mindful that your kids are your kids like i have two children and they're completely different so i don't know why you would compare your kids to another family's children um, your finances are different. Your relationship with your ex is different. So don't compare apples to pears. That's what I'm trying to say. And don't have an expectation of what your separation should look like. You and your ex are in charge of that. Um, and so I think when you have the right information and understand the processes, and it can take a little while to get your head around, but in relation to financial separation, but also with the kids, um, get all that information so you know what you're doing and can make smart, informed decisions. That's why I talked about the interim agreement. So you don't do anything rash. You don't do anything without having information. Information is power and you have time to gather all that information. 
And then you guys make the decisions that are good for your families. I always say to all the lawyers I work with, I train a lot of lawyers as well. I say, we all leave. This is not our life, right? So mm. don't think your lawyer is God or uh, do what I say or anything like that because it's not my life. Like mm. I go back to my own stuff and my own family and my own things. And so you've got to really make decisions that are going to work for you guys. And I think that's really important because you are the expert on your life. You are the expert on your children. And with all the information that the professional provi provide, you will be the best person to make those decisions. Mm, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more, more there because we've got our Facebook group, The Single Mum Vine, which has got sort of 20,000 single mums on it. We've, oh, now wow. had to, we've had to be super careful um, in what we allow to have posted on there now because people do ask for advice around their separation. And mm. as you say, well-meaning um, people come on and they talk based on their own experiences. And it's just not good advice for those people. People. Um, so it's something that we've, we've had to stop having those kind of questions on there, which is a shame. Um, and no one's mm. doing anything wrong. But, you know, it's just such a unique thing. Everyone's separation is totally different. The only person that I would advise anybody to have involved is one professional maybe who can just guide you and give you that peace of mind that you're not missing anything that you're going to think sort of a year down the line oh god we should have done that differently or we forgot to get that sorted and then it rears its ugly head and you start arguing again yeah. again so yeah he's really kept you sort of have to choose a team don't you at the beginning and and stick with it but i suppose even choosing that team or that professional can be quite hard if there's yeah. a lot of conflict in the relationship no, no, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that I do for my clients as well, because I think it's good to, you know, for some people, it's important to talk to financial advisors. I, I think legal advice is always important. It doesn't mean you have to hire a lawyer. People mm. confuse that as well. You can just get some advice. Um, you know, for some people, um, accountants are important. Uh, people like me um, to, to talk about the emotions and, and, and coaching and things like that. And then also, you know, child psychologists sometimes or yes. if children have special needs, sometimes we need to speak to the people that work with them and actually understand what's going on for them. So it depends what, you, again, which professionals you need. And then I always say get referrals from people that you trust because I would not refer my clients to lawyers that I don't trust. And even I don't get any kickbacks from that or I don't, you know, there's no nothing in it for me besides that I work in this industry and like in any industry, I know who's got their heart in the right place and who, you know, is there to make a difference to clients and not get them to court or not get them to do things that don't work with them. And some people are just not. So I think get your referrals from people that you trust. Um, and, uh, and maybe there's also friends that do have had some experience with, with experience with um, professionals that are great um, and pick, pick the ones that you need and, and ask your, um, ask your ex sometimes that helps as well to say, well, here is three people. If you can't yes. really resolve it and you get arguments about who to you say, these are three people I'm happy with. You pick which one. Yeah. That's yeah, so a great have, idea. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a choice and then they can go research them and then, and then hopefully you can make an agreement on that. Yeah. Hey, and I mean, that's our last strategy for today. And thank you for those because they are really good ones. They're not sort of your run of the mill, the ones we already know the, you know the answer to, the obvious ones. They're really good ideas. So thanks, Liz, for those. But as we are talking about, you know, getting professional support um, around the separation, can you tell us a little bit more about how you can help people with live mediation and also where the listeners can go if they want to have a look at the offerings that you have? 
Yeah, thanks, Lucy. So I'm on your uh, Beanstalk directory now, so that's really great. Yay. People can go onto there. Yeah, 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 that's really great. <laughs> and I, I do lots of different things. So um, obviously I have my website, lifemediation.com.au, and you can have a look there on my, there's a, a specific section for family um, separation. So but one of the main things I do for, for families is, and of course, mediation. So that's for people who and need to, you know, they can't agree and they have need some professional help in making agreements for their kids and their finances. So I can help there. But I also do um, coaching, which I really love because what I talked about in the beginning is to in that particularly in the beginning of the separation that I really want, you know, I think that's where I can make the biggest difference to people because sometimes I do late intervention and people have been to almost at trial. So it becomes kind of a problem solving exercise, which is still helpful. But when you're in that beginning and all the things we talked about in this podcast today, you really, you know, if you get some good coaching and help, you can avoid all that. So what I've done is um, it's called Seamless Separation. It's a coaching program. So it's one-on-one -on -one because I, um, I got lots of feedback from my clients that I don't really want to work in groups around it. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's a program for three months. So you get one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, but also uh, do uh, get lots of videos and theory. So when we have coaching sessions, you can really talk about your specific circumstances and not just about all the general stuff. So I've made all that uh, into videos and, and, and uh, other things that people can look at before they come and coach with me. So that's really exciting. I'm going to launch that soon. Um, but I also have some free training people can go to. And um, you just got to go to whattodoafterseparation.com. And I made a video for people who are recently separated with lots of information in it. It's a 24-minute video. And a checklist is there as well. So you can use to um, have your separation go more seamlessly. And it's completely for free. Um, I've, got a, I've got a podcast, Conversations to Cut the Conflict. Come over there, listen to things. You can find me on Instagram, Lizana Eriks, Conflict Expert. Um, Facebook um, my name is quite rare so you can find me very easily so I put a lot of free content out there for separated parents so come on over have a chat send me a dm if you have a question I'm always love to engage with people and, and help people out that's just brilliant and when you talk about the one-on-one -on -one that you do Liz is that um so you just work with one person you don't work with a couple no, that's what, at the moment it's it's one on one because not right. always everyone wants to. I mean, listen, if people have requests, they can make them of me. I can work with both people if they mm -hmm. really want to. But I didn't want to make it so the other person has to engage. Yes. Um, because sometimes the other person doesn't want to, and then people feel really stuck. And I believe in a conflict situation, um, I think sometimes we go, oh, the other person should do this and they should do that. But as if you do lots of work on your own, you can make a difference too. You don't necessarily need yeah. the other person to do something. Yeah, all it takes is one person to, to take the lead and to make the right yeah. decisions and the other one can follow suit. So that's great. And my suggestion to the listeners is I'm going to put a link from this podcast. So wherever you find this, this chat, there's going to be a link through to Liz's website and her special, which is on um, the Beanstalk page. Um, but have a look at the free stuff, you know, and if you like what she's doing and what she's offering, um, go on and get some more support because you will always be grateful for it because what happens in the beginning stages of a separation can affect you literally for the rest of your life and for the life of your kids as well so it's so important to keep it low conflict and to do it right um, but look uh, I was going to try and pronounce your name properly now Lizanne <laughs> Lizanne that's okay yes. isn't it very good <laughs> I know Very I haven't, I haven't okay. done it the Dutch way. I've done it the Australian stroke English way. Um, but <laughs> That's perfect. 
<laughs> Look, I love what you're doing. It's so important. Um, I love what you've taught us today. Um, super helpful. I'm really, really proud to be working with you and with live mediation to get this kind of support out to the women who really need it. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure chatting to you today. Oh, thank you for having me. And I think it's amazing what you are doing. And I just want to say for all the single moms out there, I take my hat off for you. You guys are doing an amazing job. So wherever you are, wherever it's happening, just be really proud of, you know, what you do every day for your kids and, and for yourself. It's, a, it's not always easy. So I have a lot, a lot of respect for single mothers. And thank you so much for allowing me today to, um, you know, hopefully make a difference. Oh, we'll take that. We love a compliment. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> and to the single mums listening, that we all want low conflict separation for ourselves and most especially for our children. But for some, it can seem impossible. So if this is you, I urge you to reach for support from a professional such as Liz, who really focuses on this low conflict approach, because not all of them do. We are looking for low conflict here. Um, I can tell you firsthand from my own experience, and I've had lots of ups and downs, uh, that your kids will flourish when they live in peace, even if their parents are no longer together. And remember, ladies, if you've not visited my website, beanstalkmums.com.au, make sure you do. Not only will you find more podcasts like this, but there's heaps of other wonderful resources for your single mother journey, including my e-course where you can get more in-depth and personalized support from me. And one final point before we leave you, if this podcast has helped you, and I hope it has, please take just 30 seconds to rate and review it. The reviews we get make it easier for the podcast to be found by other single mums who need support, guidance and companionship on their single mother journeys. So until next time, ladies, goodbye. <laughs>